let everyone know they're being recorded. Jason, I am recording this. Copy that. Okay. I don't know why I said that like I was selling lingerie. Okay. So, um, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Pod Stallions. With me, as always, is Jason. Hello, everyone. And I didn't introduce myself. <laughs> I'll just leave that mystery. You're Pod Stallions. I'm Pod Stallions. I'm Brick Mantooth. Sure. That'd be the most sarcastic name I could give myself because I'm, you know, I'm hardly a suave catalog model. <laughs> Unless we're talking, you know, the 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 before guy. <laughs> yeah. What era? We're yeah. Yeah. Um, so we thought we haven't spoken in a while. And we could either just have a long phone conversation or we could record it for, you know, uh, your dining and dancing pleasure. Mm. I don't know what to title this episode, if it's like December catch up or uh, December chit chat or I, I, like we could call it Burger King onion rings. Burger King onion ring fireside chat. Yeah, that you know what? That would bring people's curiosity. Yeah. Like, what? What? what are they doing? It, it also sounds a bit like a. Um, 70s sketch comedy mill it does yeah it does the sisterhood of the traveling onion rings yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah i have all their albums <laughs> so yeah. yeah i thought we'd just catch up on what we've been doing what we've been watching what we've been reading and go around the room and you know um what have you been up to man well i was gonna say you start because you you have a more oh yeah life i think than i do so oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Glam glamorous suburban lifestyle um sure. you know i was sick for a couple of days and i've been watching a like not trying to push myself to work too much these days trying to kind of chill out so i actually have been watching a lot of tubi mm. uh tubi is the greatest like if tubi said tomorrow you all gotta pay five bucks a month to use this i I'd, I'd be the first guy with my credit card Okay. Um, it's just like an 80s video store and, you know, everything is, is fantastic. Like, or, you know, there's a lot of what I really like, too, is sometimes you find this movie, you've never seen it before. You remember it from the video shelf and then you put it on and the quality is pretty much a VHS rip. OK, so it gives you that um, <clears throat> a little nostalgic vibe like, you're, you know, yeah. I can get over a VHS quality picture pretty easily. Um, you know, and years Tubi, of Doctor Who. Tubi is uh, commercial free too, right? Mm -mm. Oh, it's not. It's okay, the only drawback. But I'm saying if they offered a premium without commercials, right. I'd be in. I'd be super in. So it's just like uh, it's just like freebie. I guess I don't know what that is. Okay, so I'm that 97. I, I think that's kind of the same thing. Like I've oh, got okay. suddenly on Prime, freebie is an option for a lot of stuff. And it's weird. It always says, you know, with commercials. But yeah. every then, which I don't really dig because usually they're in the worst possible spot. They're yeah. not really timed well. Um, but then every now and then you'll come across a movie that you're watching and there's no commercials. You keep waiting for like, okay, well, in yeah. a second. Yeah. I, I find that the, like on Tubi, if the worse the movie is, the less ad breaks. You know, just oh, that, like, you know, okay. um, some I've watched some Fred Olin Ray stuff, which I will admit I actually enjoy all the way through. 
And it's like, I didn't see any commercial breaks during this. And that's just weird because he's actually probably more watched than some of the other crap I look at. So they're just thinking like, uh, you know, this one, we won't bother with this one. commercial. It's a, well, they give you like two commercials at the start and then you watch the entire movie. Oh, OK. okay. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that was that was nice. You know, um, yeah. and, and, you know, like honestly. there's been times where I turn it off and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's no Blu-ray in the player, you know. Right. Um, but I've, I watched a couple of films. I'll just briefly describe what I watched. Uh I, I did kind of wonder about my own psyche during this period because I was lying there watching all these zombie movies and every one of them ends drearily. Like everybody dies at the end, you know, and it's like, what is, what is, what is the feel? What is the comfort food I'm getting out of this? <laughs> like, am, am I messed up because I grew up in the early seventies and every movie was apocalyptic and those were the cool movies. And now like that, that's, like what i equate with happiness as childhood like i really want to know um but i watched one called uh the dead next door okay which was uh, a movie filmed i think like three or four years on super eight with no sound okay and i was uh gently surprised at how actually good it was for what it was i mean it is a cheap movie it is dubbed but they somehow got Bruce Campbell to dumb the, dub the main character. Okay. So you have this, you know, homemade a... homemade <clears throat> Romero zombie knockoff kind of thing mm-hmm. with an actually good lead actor because of Campbell's inflection and tone and, and taking it seriously. Um, and again, it was like a movie I watched that I'd go like if... This is if this had, you know, a hundred grand more, it would look like Dawn of the Dead. You so know? this is like like eighties? Yeah, I think it was like late eighties. So it's it's very it's it's wearing its influences on its sleeve. The dead next um, door. Yeah, the dead next door. And I I remember that video box. Mm. And then the other video movie I watched was a movie called Dead Pit. And Dead Pit was famous because it Remember that trend of having a VHX box that would talk or make sounds? Oh, yeah. And there's, yeah. I think there's three famous ones, in my opinion, but maybe you know otherwise. Uh, there was one um, called uh, Frankenhooker. And uh, I remember the movie. I don't remember the box, though. The box would go, want a date? Want a date? And <laughs> I, I, every time I went into a video store, I annoyed people with that. <laughs> and uh and then there was another one and I, I think it's called like demon wind or something and it had like a mm-hmm. demon and it, the cover was like um i don't know is it lenticular or something but i can't remember but then dead pit had a zombie on it and you press the button and his eyes lit up green like and made a sound mm. and i never i rented i did rent frankenhooker and enjoyed but I never rented Dead Pit. Like, it just was always like, eh, I wasn't into zombies that much mm. at that age. Like, it just kind of, and it, it looked bargain basement. <clears throat> and it, you know, like a lot of these things, it actually had a decent budget, uh, some really good actors. But, it, yeah, it's somehow just, it doesn't, um, it, it's trying to be like another horror franchise, right? So they're trying to create um this kind of you know it's it's got that syndrome of like freddy krueger or we've got to make and you know make a character that's scary and and we, we can, can bring market. back yeah 
and uh, they they do this with this um, uh, this this evil doctor who's been experimenting on people, and then he magically comes back to life. And there's really the thing that bothered me about it was just sort of like, how is this happening? Why is this happening? You know, um, and it really never kind of satisfies you. And it's not actually that scary. And of course, it ends on a real super downer. And, you know, I, if I had rented it in 91 or whenever I saw the box uh, for three bucks, it would have been OK. You know, I don't I don't think it's um, it's not a classic. I didn't miss something, but it was like, OK curiosity uh satiated so yeah you finally got the shooter drop after yeah all and and then there was a third one and i can't remember the name of it but i used to read about it in the leonard malton guide all the time and it was about like hippies growing weed and then the government sprays um uh like an experimental agent orange on the weed <laughs> but it turns the hippies into zombies oh god and, i don't know. I have no idea what that is yeah it's it's uh it's pretty low budget. It's in the South. Um, I wish I could remember it. it it's on Tubi and it, it is, um, it is a low quality riff. Like this is like, you know, your grandpa taped it off TV and your uncle <laughs> made a copy and, you know, right. uh, but that kind of adds to it. And the film is, it's just one of those kind of like, how do I put this? There's a lot of walking around. There's a lot of meandering. There's a lot of, you know, like that kind of, you know, walking in the woods and encountering and, you know, um, it, it's not a good movie. It, apparently it made money. It was apparently, uh, uh, I think it might be a video nasty, but I don't know why. Okay. So that, that those are, those are the ones that uh, spring to mind that I've been watching and, um, you well, know, it's like ordering well, trash. The horror vein, horror, horror vein ish. A um, couple of things. One, I've recommended this uh, movie before on the show, I think, but now it's up on Shutter. If anybody has Shutter, I do. Uh, it's called Pontypool. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's uh, what's his name? Uh, the director of Hardcore Logo, Bruce McDonald. It's Bruce McDonald, Hardcore Logo, who hasn't done much since. I don't know why, because this was i don't think he wrote this i I looked it up once and i think it was like it's based on a book isn't it yeah it was a book and he had he might have adapted it or something but yeah it's it's a one-off it's just something you you don't see and it's got that wonderful uh it's canadian it's got that wonderful canadian actor stephen mcmaddy oh yeah 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 i know who you're talking about who's just got that face that is just he's got one of the best faces of all time and he's a DJ out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's wintertime. And these reports start to come in of strange things happening, people mm-hmm. reacting strangely to things. And it's, you know, he just, no one is taking it seriously because it's just a blip kind of. And what they're, what they're, it's like an infection. It, it is kind of like a zombie thing, but it's an infection. Isn't it through, that, through language? Through language. It's like a virus through a language, which actually I think is a really clever um really clever uh, like how do you stop that yeah and it's it's yeah. got to do with certain words that get put together or get used uh, in a certain way or get repeated and and it's pretty frightening um just in a not really in like a visceral thing but just as a as a concept and he's so good in it and it's, and it's you know it's very darkly funny at moments too but I really recommend it because it's just I, uh, I remember the first time I saw that and it just kind of knocked me out and I think there was a shitty copy up on YouTube for a while. 
I, now, I used to actually uh, go to Pawnee Pool all the time. Oh, you kid. did? Yeah, my parents had friends there. And oh, I, I, it, it was like farm fields and... Um, and I think I, I've been there recently a couple of times, and it, it, you know it's it's a little more <laughs> built up. It's a great it's a great word. It's just it's just a great name for a you know mm-hmm. that you can't kind of forget. The right. other one, and I watched this um, I don't know maybe <clears throat> maybe a month or so ago back. I highly recommend it, but it goes hard is all I'm going to say. It's called When Evil Lurks. Hmm. And it's from, I believe it's from Spain. And the guy had done one previous horror film called Frightened that is very scary. And that um, this guy's, you know, direction and his framing and the images sort of are there that you you do not forget. He's done it in both of these movies now. And this basically... Uh, it's in a village somewhere. It's kind of the conceit is kind of like uh, like like Barbie in, in a way that, you know, the great thing about the, 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 you know, conceit in some movies is like we don't have to explain that she's walked into the real. No one's stopping and going, hey, what's a doll doing walking around? <laughs> it just oh, kind of, there had to be at least one person, <laughs> you know, but it just kind of is. You just yeah. go. It's Roger an Argentinian Rush. film. There's Argentina. Okay. There's like, you know, there's, there's Toontown and the tunes exist and here's the humans and. No, don't spoil that. I haven't seen it yet. So this is, so this is where two brothers hear some shots at night and then go out into the woods to see what's going on. They find some stuff and eventually make their way over to this farm where uh, a, a woman says her son has been possessed and they're waiting for the, I don't know what they, I forget what they call it, but like the exorcist to come and take care of it um, and not to touch him until they, whatever. But it gets out of control from there. And then basically evil itself is just kind of, you know, piggybacking on everything they're doing. They're trying to get out of town. They're trying to get their loved ones. And I don't want to say too much more than that because it's just like, man, I mean, it it shook me up mm. because there's stuff in it that's just um, just a few a couple of scenes and a couple of images that just you do not shake. It is it does not take any prisoners. Basically, that, that sounds that sounds good. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Quick question. Really, have you seen Godzilla minus one? I have not. I have neither have I. Dang. I, I was yeah. hoping my daughter and I like since she was a little kid, I took her to Godzilla movies. We went to Shin Godzilla. We went to see all the and it's now a thing. You know, um, and I, I, I really love that because I, when I was a kid, I my grandmother was the Superman movies and my dad was the Star Wars movies. Mm. And after Star Trek, the motion picture, no one was the Star Trek movies. Aw, come on. <laughs> but uh, but it didn't matter because by the time like the, uh, by the time uh, Star Trek three, I could take the bus anywhere. But um, yeah, it. it uh, yeah, I hear good things, but I, I don't know if I'm going to get out to the theater. To I might. And to, now I really, that I have all but, my jabs, you know? Yeah, I'm just not. I mean, it's like, um, I don't know. You know, I saw Barbie and I saw uh, Oppenheimer and Indiana Jones, a few other things. But I just I just don't know if I need to rush out and, and see that necessarily. But who knows? Maybe I'll do it on Christmas. I, I did rush out with friends and see Danger Diabolic at oh, uh, the Review Cinema. And that was a lot of fun because it was... 
it, the Review Cinema is a, a place in Toronto and right across the street is the Vinegar Syndrome store. Um, and it, it basically it's owned by the neighborhood. I still live in this neighborhood, too. This really bothers me that they're cool now. Back then it was horrible. Um, but they had a night and I think it was basically like a designing the movie. So they talk about the era and the design for the film. And of course, uh, Danger Diabolic was set in mid-century. Mm. So I got this amazing PowerPoint <laughs> before the movie about the, the you know, every design aesthetic. And it was just like, OK, and, and the influences and that sort of thing. So, mm. I you know, I cannot say enough about review cinemas. Um, mm. I know I know you're a fan, too. Oh, but, yeah. It's, oh, and I did watch that West Beverly or the new Beverly cinema documentary. Uh, I haven't seen that. Which it's on Tubi. <laughs> Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> Which will be most of the recommendations I make. <laughs> Quick uh, word from our sponsor, Tubi. Tubi? <laughs> um, no, I, I haven't seen it yet. I saw a great one um, the other night. Um, this is going to be really obscure, but um, did you ever hear of a character called Frank Sidebottom? And basically, no. They made a movie some years ago with Michael Fassbender as this guy who wears this papier-mâché head with two big eyes on it. And it was kind of... Oh, a, yeah. I, okay, that, yes, I now that called, I remember. They made a movie called Frank, right? Yeah, but the real character was called um, Frank Sidebottom, and he was um, created by this guy called Chris Spivey. And um, this documentary, uh, that is, I think it's from 2018, that, uh, I mean, just... This this is a character that that was a UK thing and this little oh, you know yeah. early this area that he was in and it became almost like a Pee Wee Herman type thing where you know it's suddenly on talk shows and he gets his own show and he's you know being silly and suddenly he's interviewing you know uh, Baby Spice and whoever else but but the prior to this character kind of happening he wants to be a musician he's he's he and his brother try to. They have a meeting with Apple Records in like 68 and they say, you know, go write more songs and come back and blah, blah, blah. And he he writes all this wonderful music that nobody ever gets to hear. And, but I, just as a, I know it sounds weird to think of it, but like it, it what it what struck me about it was, you know, there's a lot to the story and a lot of his life and the ups and downs and you know, uh, drink and drugs when things got good, whatever. But he was kind of a one man band that made not just when he did cassette demos of his music, he did the artwork and all the, the you know, slip things that went into the case, mm -hmm. like a, a Dalek that's got the lyrics coming out of it and, you know, a different kind of thing. And it led right up to when this Frank Sidebottom character uh, comes to life. He's doing the newsletter. He's sending it out to the to the, you know, the, the fan club. He's he did everything himself. It was a cottage industry. thing. didn't make a dime. You know, never could pay the bills. Oh, yeah. But all these great faces being you know, interviewed and comedians and saying, you know, what he did was like he was following some kind of muse that nobody understood. But look at what he did in this short time. It never, never broke. Um, why? But he clearly was one of these guys that just had a lot of talent. And he ended up working for an animation company that did Bob the Builder and stop motion stuff. Oh, that's cool. You know um, what? It, it's funny. He got it, this is so synergistic to what I was looking at. It, it's it's unbelievable. Um, but it, he passed away, right? He did. He got cancer, I think, 2010, 2011 or something like that. Uh, yeah. Bob I never knew. I never knew. I just only knew that Frank movie. 
yeah, I didn't realize this was a whole thing. Yeah, and he does um, a, you know, he like pinches his nose and he's, his nose is pinched inside this papier mache head. Yeah. Quick and very witty and silly. And I mean, the whole thing, when you look at the footage of him in his, in his apartment with his wife, in the background, you see like a Dennis Fisher Dalek and a Thunderbirds playset. And he was one of these guys. He was like one of us that loved all this stuff, lived for the Beatles. They were his favorite thing. But he he loved toys and he loved, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I So he was an itself. ally. He was a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of lent itself to, to everything he did. I mean, he, he eventually had a song before the Frank Sidebottom thing happens. He has a song. That's gonna. This is gonna be the one. This is gonna yeah. be the song to finally get the Freshies, which was a little band. It's called the Freshies. You know, the the NME says this is the single to listen for, and it literally was called "I'm in love with the girl." I'm in love with the checkout girl at the Virgin Megastore checkout desk or something. Uh, and it's beautiful little pop ditty that everyone's gonna be humming, and then Virgin Megastore went, ah, 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 ah. you can't, you can't use that word in your thing. So he had to go in and re-record you know something shop instead of virgin megastore and try to reissue the single just every little thing that could have gone wrong for the music yeah. side doesn't work and then all of a sudden this character is born and it's it's a runaway train like he's suddenly popular and making money and and then of course all the the trappings of fame start to come but it's a really fascinating story mm. this guy who he was you know he his his brain was going too fast for culture and what technology could do at the time and it was just it kind of was inspiring you know it was, it was it's worth looking at so i can't think of the name of it but it's basically it's the frank sidebottom documentary that you can yeah if you google frank sidebottom you get it the first minute i think it's called being frank the chris cv story yes that's and it that's i want to check that out now i also oh i got a lot to unpack from that one um <laughs> I watched I watched something about Mr. Blobby, which is something else I really oh, yes. have uh, an, an understanding of from the UK. And it's like I still don't quite understand, but I do kind of love that it had like this horror nature to it. Um, yeah, it became kind of uh, disturbing. It became yeah. a kind of. But the other thing I wanted to mention was I bought kind of sight unseen. I checked out one of his movies on YouTube. Um the story of this this filmmaker, I think it's called um, Magic and Mutilation, the films of Michael J. Murphy. And um, the last couple of nights, that, that's how I do. I unwind. He made, he's like, it's like the Ramones. Mm. He made a huge amount of songs, but they're all really short. But they're movies. Mm-hmm. And he didn't take care of them. But And the movies are kind of like, you've seen worse on PBS. Okay. In terms of historical dramas and stuff, because the, he tries really hard. The, the costumes look OK, you know, but you can tell it's all on a budget and you're still like, how did he pull that off for 10 mm-hmm. grand? Mm-hmm. And I've only watched a couple of his films, but um, his post nuke film. I just kept think, thinking this is actually kind of a cool concept. And mm. um, uh, the, the especially the end sequence with the, it's called Death Run. And when you actually see the actual Death Run, it's a cool idea. They handcuff you to electric wire and you have to run through the forest and fight everybody that attacks you Mm. and it's like yeah and and you watch it and the execution on this is you know bbc 1973 kind of um and you're kind of like oh yeah all right uh but 
when you you see past that and you go, but the cinematography is nice. He's he's competent. He's coherent. You can hear everybody. And then so I watched a documentary about him, and it's amazing. Um, he was a teenager mm. who made movies. His headmaster really liked him, so he sent out letters to all the studios. And Elstree um, took an interest in him. Oh wow. And, and said, look, we can't get you in here because of the unions, because you have to be the son of somebody. So what we'll do, the heads of Elstree created like a minimum wage job called director in training. Mm. And he just went around and helped out. And he, you know, he'd help lighting and he'd help makeup this week. And he did this. And I think he worked on TV like the Avengers. He worked with Cushing and Lee. Mm. Um, he, you know. Kind of ringing a bell. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know what? I've read about this guy's movies, but I've never actually seen them. Uh, they did not a lot of them got released. A lot of them are lost. But, um, you know, I watched this documentary and what he did after he got out of the studio system is he just went home and decided to make movies. He's in like a working class town in England. And, you know, he got local theater people. He got friends. And I guess like he'd raise enough money to make the things. And, you know, uh, he would he mm-hmm. did smart things like he would film on a location and make sure everybody's like staying in the same crappy hotel so that, right. you know. He could get an 18 hour day out of them, but he'd also like feed the hell out of them and treat them well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, he's dead now, of course, and he died penniless, I'm sure. And, and um, uh, he was not even uh, interested in going to like fan conventions. It just wasn't his. It was just he wanted to keep making movies. And he I just kept, you know, I've watched two of his films now. And it's sort of like I fell in love with him because like everybody that's being interviewed about him from the community is like in tears talking about him like he he was beloved he got screwed all over town in fact he even made a movie for like 10 grand where he is murdering studio executives and their families (laughs) i can't wait to get to that one but um you know and he kept making movies and like a lot of these like there's a lot of dingbat uh, tours I love, like Ray Dennis Steckler and and and, and yeah. um, TV Michaels, and they all seem to hit sort of a wall creatively. And you know the the stuff on the latter half of their career is like fucking embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, but with this guy, it's almost like his he seemed to be getting better as mm. as technology got better. I was watching. Uh, clips from one of his later films which he said people didn't like and it's actually like oh this just looks like sleuth like you know that kind of a a thing where it's just a tense drama between two people and it's like he's actually that the camera works great like they're 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 surprisingly competent for what they are but the thing about them for me is uh you could just feel the sincerity like this this is I'm trying to make something cool here. Yeah, there's something yeah. really attractive about these these people that, you know, they just have, you know, I mean, there's moments in this documentary where you're, you know, his, they're, you know, the animation is kind of scribbling out his diary, what he's writing in his diary. And even in the early days, he's saying, I can't help that I want, you know, I, I know I've got something. I just need to get it to the world. Like, I know I've got, you know, talent to write some songs, blah, blah, blah. And there's something really attractive about that. Even when they they sort of fail or they succeed and then fail, they don't become the the big thing. It's attractive that these 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 guys are are so you know determined and and haunted by this stuff. It's you know the it's other all- thing you re- you brought up that I was interested in is that the confidence he gets by being a character. Well, um, 
becomes a whole that becomes a whole thing too, where they're you know interviewing people saying, do you think it was was him? Was it was it? I mean, I mean, there's one guy who has a theory that look, I think now you you might even diagnose him as like bipolar because yeah. because you know didn't want to be photographed without the head on and. And then, they, yeah, then okay. Erden, you know, he talks to it. He, they, you know, he does a thing on stage where he eventually made a, a ventriloquist dummy of little Frank, little Frank Sidebottom. So he's talking to a little dummy of himself, kind of. I mean, it, it's mm. meta. And he yeah. clearly a very bright guy. And he but he wasn't a particularly balanced person with relationships and and things like that. Um, wow, uh, well, that, that's a little bit like magic. Speaking of more horror, I saw a great uh, mid-sized to low-budget one um, called Suitable Flesh. With, oh, that uh, sounds Cronenbergian. Heather Graham. And, oh, uh, oh, yeah, I've Barbara, heard about this. Barbara Cranston from... Um, Lover. This is the... This is the... Um, oh, is the, um, oh, my it, goodness. My brain's craft story. It's based yeah, on... Yeah, no, but it's... it's What's his name? The... He passed away recently, but he made like Reanimator and and is it, is it's, de- it, is it... it's dedicated to yeah it's dedicated to him and it's 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 got very much a Reanimator. Stuart Gordon, for Stuart. God's sake. And yeah. it's a, sorry on a uh, a Lovecraft uh, short story. Um, Makes sense. I assume it, Jeffrey Coombs is in it. You know, no, he's not in it. But uh, <gasps> um, uh, what's his name? Who I love. He's always good and everything. I can't think of his name now. He was in Ben, you know, the guy he's in Ben uh, or Willard or Ben or whatever. And he was in the first X-Men as the Senator Bruce, Bruce, oh, Dav- Bruce, Bruce Davison. Bruce Davison it. Yeah. Willard. And, and but yeah, it's, he's, he's kind of, you know, it's kinky and it's, um, you oh, know, Bruce it's Davison's still around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't um, thought of him in, in since good. like re- um, Seinfeld. By the time you get to the end, it just sort of goes nuts. But it was yeah. very. Oh, um, yeah. No, I'm doing that. I, w- I want to see that. I just found out about it. Is it where is it on Shutter? Um, oh, no, in a month. You got to rent it. Uh, it's on Voodoo. Okay. Shutter or, comes. It comes out on um, uh, it comes out on January 26, 2024. And that's when I'll watch it. It's funny. My wife just this week said, whatever happened to Heather Graham? And it's like, yeah, I love Heather Graham. I got to tell it's you. It's good to see her again. He looks amazing in this oh she was, yeah she, and and she's great I, I have seen pictures of her and she looks great she's you and know. it's really, you know it's really a, a two-hander with two female characters by the time you get you know halfway through it you realize oh they're they're the you know this is the dance here these two and it's it's just great um i really oh, yeah, I, I really i really really like barbara crampton too she's always uh, brought she's always brought something to a movie yeah and I, you know I, I don't mean that she she's hot but she's actually like a she brings a presence. I don't know how to explain it other than that. But I, like, there, yeah. there's times where she's in a film, uh, like she just makes a little appearance in Space Truckers, which mm-hmm. is a, a weird Dennis Hopper sci-fi movie well, that was, space was made in Ireland. Uh, I know, I know. Space I think truckers. that actually might be a Stuart Gordon production. Probably, probably. <laughs> but um, yeah, he. Um, She's in that. That I, now I'm positive it's a Stuart Gordon film, and it's a weird Stuart Gordon film. I, I if his name's on something, I'll check it out. I yeah. I absolutely yeah. adore really, his work. He's really had this this sort of renaissance the last I'd say five or six seven years, where you know she showed up in Your Next, 
and um, and you just started she just started showing up in more and like the uh, the the next generation of of filmmakers of a certain uh, budget started yeah. grabbing her and putting her in stuff and good for she, them this she's got it kind of you know the cornered for her you know for what she does like you put her her name and, and face on it and people get get interested you know in the in the horror thing because she's a legend but it's uh, it's definitely worth checking out I I recommend it I finally saw Mission Impossible Part One of Two of whatever it was called uh, I can't think of what it's called. The latest Mission Impossible, shall we say? And I really Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol is it? Ghost Protocol? Is that I cool? I I haven't seen one of those films since uh, the De Palma one, I think. It was very good, and I don't yeah. know why it didn't make a ton of money because it all the rest of them did. But uh, as an action, you know, spy kind of thing goes, it's a lot of fun and crazy and great practical effects and. I really enjoyed it. I also finally saw The Creator, which I was really looking forward to because, you know, the look of it just from the trailer and reading that Gareth Edwards pulled this off for like $70 million as opposed to, you know, a bigger one for $300 million or something. Um, and it looked really good. And uh, I finally saw it and um, it was OK. But it, it's it, The Creator it, again. It's um it's like the the future again and um machines have kind of been done good for us but then uh oh there's a big explosion and now all the robots need to be rounded up and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Uh Denzel's son is in it and um uh, uh what's his name Ken um Watanabe who I love is in it. But it it, it looks amazing like it's got a really um really great design uh to it but um it just did not just did not do it for me unfortunately hmm. yeah. yeah i i did actually do something really strange last week um i watched two <laughs> two movies um one was i tried to watch uh treasure of the four crowns Jeez. in 3d isn't this like I, the third time we've talked about treasure of the four crowns you would like be. It, don't you uh, no, I, I just it left an impact on my as a kid, and I I, I tried to watch it in in 3D, which was making my eyes water. Um, and then um, and my wife was like, I'm out. Uh, but then I started thinking about um, the original movie they made, the, the the Treasure of the Four Clowns. Crowns was like the second film that group made. The first one was called uh, Coming At Ya. Oh, I remember. And, yeah, I never saw it coming at you. I really wanted to. And I remember the commercials for it didn't show you one minute of the film because it would say they just had people outside the theater saying how amazing it was. And I think it did make a lot of money. So I wanted to check that out. And God, they're just like, it's funny. I started watching the thing. And first of all, like the the guy who stars and writes and directs it, his name is Tony Anthony. Yeah. Which is like, hey, I've got a really Italian name, so I want to Americanize it, but I want everyone to know I'm really Italian. Yeah. His middle, yeah. Name, his middle name is Boombots. I thought it was Antonio. Antonio. <laughs> uh, and he kind of reminds me, like, he's kind of got that same vibe that the, the hero, like that guy Turkish Star Wars, the star of that movie, that Turkish hero, like... He's kind of like middle-aged, but he's trying to play 25. 
and okay. he's pretty athletic. But anyway, uh, the movie's like a, a spaghetti western. And when it starts, I was actually impressed by the cinematography of the, you know, the opening scene that shows the wrongs that um, he suffered. Mm. You know, like his family's killed and and they, they did good. They, they did wonderful. Um, they used like good lighting and good angles like the angles were, you know, like to make the guys look imposing. It's like the camera was on the floor and and mm-hmm. and and, um, and then I realized, oh, they they probably just um, stole this from a better movie. Like, I, I shouldn't <laughs> admire it because it's probably like shot for shot from something else. But um, the, the thing that was better for me on that was watching it in 2D because it's in my head. It's a ridiculous comedy now, and whenever anything goes towards a camera, I can't unhear like Dr. Tongue's. So there's kind of like this this sweet spot for me, but that movie just never lets its story. It's like they they have to remind you it's a 3D movie every 30 seconds. Yeah. It it would be like watching a musical, but everyone's always doing jazz hands, you know, like it would oh, yeah. be distracting. I, I came across Treasure of the Four Crowns, I want to say, I don't know, maybe six months ago or more, somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where I found it on online. And I just thought, okay, I'll put I'll have it on the background. I'll dip in every now and then. Yeah, it's and really then, hard to watch. <laughs> there's a sequence either in a house or on a boat or something where this device, whatever this device is. That's like magnetizing stuff and basically just like, hey, everybody grab a screwdriver and a hammer and nail whatever you can and just keep throwing it at the camera. So we'll make it look like this thing. And and that sequence went on, I swear to God, for 17 minutes. Oh, yeah. It it really is almost the three. A very long amusement park film. You know, like, yeah, I couldn't. I just couldn't. Yeah, it's 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 not great. But But I I just. Coming at you like they made a huge deal of. I mean, that one really, really hit at the moment that 3D was. Yeah, it was actually the one that sort of kicked off the the, the fat, I think. Yeah. And yeah. Then when it made money, the studios all went Jaws 3D, and thank God they did. And but, even uh, 3D. I have never seen that one. Um, I saw it in the theater. I, hmm. I, I somehow I went and saw it in the theater, and there's one effect that I remember where somebody's driving a car and Oh yeah, that's the, and, and the, the pipe goes through the thing and the pipe yeah. goes through the thing and that that was the yeah. only 3D thing I remember from that movie. Yeah, that's the probably the best scene in the movie. Um yeah. I watched Amityville 2 scrambled through channel once. Sure. <laughs> it was like an old-timey radio play. Wasn't a lot to watch back then. No, it was it was, you know, um it was there, but um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, the the thing that uh, ended it for me was the <laughs> the they were changing a baby. You know, like I'd seen everything in the camera, and as it's just you like, do. And then, and then, like you know, we've got the baby's anus. <laughs> like and it's like I, I was like, I'm tapping out. I'm done. That's it. Yep. Good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm watching this in 2D, guys, and. Uh, the the novelty has completely worn off. Yeah, yeah. It um, uh, you know, it was it was it was amusing to see some of of because uh, I don't think I'd ever I'd never seen Four Crowns. I just knew that. Oh, it was, oh yeah. 
it was just that string of of Indiana Jones style things that came out after Raiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the video box really well because it was just next to Raiders. Usually. Yeah, yeah. We oh, talk- is that out? Well, would you like his ugly cousin? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess we should talk about uh, Doctor Who since we watched. What? I'm going to great detail, but. Um, no, that, I, I think, yeah, we could probably go over that. Uh, what you've, you've watched all three specials. I have um, watched three specials. Yes. And, uh, what, what is your, um, what is your overall feeling? How do you, how do you feel? Well, I just feel like, um, I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of, of like sort of, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe the bond thing is a wrong, I don't, I'm not going to go into detail in case people haven't seen the four uh, uh, Craig, wait, four Craig Bond movies, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, five. You made five movies in like nineteen. Yeah, I haven't seen the last one. Well, then I won't. I won't give anything away. But um, it's pretty basic, you know. When you're, you know, Bond is what he is, but he's obviously not the same thing that he was in the early sixties. Bro, yeah. you have to, but you can't suddenly have, you know, in the tenth movie, Bond can suddenly you know, bend metal with his mind or walk through walls or something because, you know, and they, they were very good at different times in the series to know when they had taken something too far or it, it had gone too far beyond what the the essence of the character was or kind of what the, you know, you're relying too much on spaceships and gadgets. And they always kind of would bring it back down to earth. They did it over and over again. And then these new, the Craig ones, to me, it just got further and further away from the character and there's not much to the character. It's pretty two-dimensional, and the basics are kind of there. And so when when they, as his got weaker, I just kind of went, you know, again, the Mission Impossible movies are better Bond films than most of what Daniel Craig was was given to do. They they know how to make a better Bond film than what they sort of gave him. And so I'm trying to apply this to Doctor Who and how it is a show that always reinvents itself. Mm-hmm beauty of it a new actor comes in a new showrunner and goes in a different a different direction um again all of that is is uh, you know that's separate from the writing uh itself and i feel like it's just gone to a place um the previous showrunner and now what he's just done where i won't i won't even get into the stuff that's cringy just the writing itself i find I don't even recognize the show from uh, 2010, let's say. And that wasn't always a winner. You know, there were plenty of, because I've been dipping. Oh, yeah, there's lots of clunkers every year. I, I've been dipping into a lot of the older shows. Oh, me too. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and I was having a conversation with someone, uh, uh, our buddy Matt Weinholt from, from uh, Monster Party. And yeah. he was he was going on about he didn't like, you know, Capaldi and he didn't like this. And oh, my God, the Moffat stuff. And I said, wait a second. Hold on a second. We waited for this show to come back 2005, and it finally does. And within two episodes, we've got aliens farting in a conference room. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember even then going, what exactly are we doing here? With well, that, I'll, I'll beat you. My father-in-law, lifelong Doctor Who fan, watched Rose. And when the garbage can burped, he said, I'm done. And yep. didn't watch a single episode after. And <laughs> Oh, and now never we, talked about it. Just said to me, no, that, that I couldn't. I couldn't. I just couldn't. See, and so. So what I'm saying is I'm very forgiving. I'm, I'm not yeah. like the thing burped, the farting things. That's it. I'm out. 
I want it to be good. I want it. And so when you suffer through some of that stuff, you do come across ones that stand out where you go, that's it. That right there, that episode you just did is what this show can do when it's working on all cylinders and you've got people that care and, you know, good writers and everything else. And I think it's just, and if it's going the way of the fantasy show, where it's less about uh, a time lord that travels through space and time and, you know, stands up for injustice and uh, yada, yada, yada. If it's, if it's going in a different direction, I'm, I'm still probably going to have to watch it. But it's, it's not what, to me, made the character so special before. And I don't think it's being served. Like, I think Shutigatwa is wonderful. I have no doubt he's going to be great. Real, real it, nice energy about that young man. Yeah, he's like, you know, again, it's not this I wish it were. There's a, to me, he's the, he should be a dandy. Like, he should be like a badass and also, you know, whatever, however you want to lean him. But he should be like dressed to the nines. You know, that this is the guy to do it with because he's so good looking and he's so great on on screen and everything um i think he's going to be underserved i think it's 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 uh, i hope not that 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 would that's why i felt about jody whittaker so i really hope and that we're, we're you know yeah same thing yeah you but i i i think the, in his defense i think he's already mapped out his doctor um he, he really seems to have what he's going to do there i think just so, from but, the little i've seen but you know yeah, i could I, be wrong um, I could be overly optimistic. We 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 both know I you know I was a big fan of Chibnall and uh, well you know uh, with Shuti and it was it was you know you got I mean we all, we both know that the the younger they the, they get the less they know about the show the the less oh sure yeah that that's makes, okay so for him it's just like I know what the character is I've seen some of the other stuff but here's what I'm doing and I just don't want it to be what the Chibnall stuff was which was very um just badly written and also just like really really hitting you over the head with stuff and that's not the show has always yeah. had a moral thing and uh, but but in the history of it you can really only pick out a handful that you go that was about the minor strike that was about the environment that was there's stuff that's sprinkled in but it never oh, yeah. It never tried to hit you over the head too hard. And I feel like that's... Well, some of it was really, really good at that, too. Like, they buried it real deep, like yes. the Sunmakers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's what, that's what good writing, for me, does. Like, you should walk away and go, you know what that's about? You know what they're saying? I mean, that's, you know, that's what Twilight Zone was. It was being able mm -hmm. to, you know, tell the morality plays that you couldn't in a straight-up... Uh, you know, realistic. You had to use a surreal yeah. setting. Yeah. Um, you don't need to hit us over the head. And Tenant. Yeah, I, I found that with the, the Whitakers also had some weird endings, too, like where it's like, I don't get the message of this, you yeah. know, um, about the one about the oceans and like all the pollution. It's like, God, this isn't fun anymore. Like, geez, I, get I don't it. think I, I watched that one. I, I had kind of tapped out by uh, with the arrival of Dan, who I never could understand. <laughs> so, um, but and with these, he, with these three, I thought the middle one was the best of the three because I thought it actually had some of the old spark in there. You know, the 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 yeah. I I, I got to tell you, I I felt like they were um, quality episodes from season four, and um, I didn't have a problem with any of them on a fundamental level. I actually kind of 
liked Rose, like that 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 whole um, not Rose, that's not the name of the episode. The the Star Beast one was a lot Star of fun, and and the novelty hasn't worn off. And the the writing of Rose made sense for me just because of that whole Doctor Donna. It was like, damn, that's almost like he, you know, he knew he was going to do that. I know he didn't, but um, yeah, that's not the bit that kind of that's not the bit that sort of. Oh no no no! I I bit, know the, it's just the bit that irritated me was once yeah. again taking the main character of the show, the lead main character of the show, and I felt in that entire episode he was just uh uh. A, a person there to be ridiculed and for derision, you know, that, 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 that entire episode, he gets, he gets slapped. He gets made fun of. He's called, you know, dumb and he hasn't figured it out by the end and so on. And it's just like, well, what are we, are we, is this deconstructing the character or something? I, I don't know why we're, we're doing this. And I, that was what offended me most is, is what Tennant was got to do. You bring him back because you want, David Tennant. This is for the ratings and to bring the show back. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just got well, I thought that was part of the mystery. Like, I personally just thought that that was, um, you know, trying to build this. They didn't want to linger on why, because that's all we want to know is why is he David Tennant? And where we are his clothes? Didn't, we, we didn't even, we barely mentioned it. We, we barely yeah. got a mention in three episodes. And then suddenly Donna goes, I know why. And it's like, really? That's that's what we waited a year for was trauma. I, I just, yeah, I, I, um, I, I yeah, I'm of two minds of it. Tee um, Part of me kind of likes this idea and I guess we'll spoil spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, this by regeneration thing from what I've been explained, and I hope this is true, that they this is a this they pulled Shooty Gatwa out of the past, the future. And that eventually, when Tenet does regenerate properly, he will just turn into Shudigawa. And well, everything will go back to normal. There's that. And Davis has said, as far as he's concerned, and this this is what I think they're really doing. And I'm not completely against this. They're setting up a Hooniverse. They're setting up an MCU. Oh, sure. I could see it. Yeah. And and Davis has basically said, Pertwee's doctor just got up off the floor doesn't regenerate into Tom Baker. Tom Baker got right up off the floor, you know, at the at the radio tower, doesn't regenerate into Davison. They're all now kind of rebooted in their own timelines. And I think what they're going to do, just like they did with, um, what's his name, uh, Filch from Harry Potter as Hartnell, I think now yeah. for all these David. years, they, why yeah. don't we get a guy that looks like Tom Baker and acts like Tom Baker to make some Tom Baker stories? And that's yeah, I and I, I think that's I think if there if anything the 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 whole rumors about Paul McGann also feels a bit like you know now we can have Doctor Who for your dad and Doctor Who for the kids and I think uh, I really do I think that's what I think he's he's already said this this you know I mean listen I got a lot of problems with him and in so many ways but to to say to the audience hey I'm telling you right now this new show is going to upset a lot of fans. Yeah, exactly he's always been a bit of a troll. But basically and, said that this is more of a fantasy show, whatever that means. Yeah. Unless I don't, I don't like that word either, uh, so because I think, I think that, he, he's that always been a little loose with the whole, um, how do I put this, uh, the whole writing. He, he's an easy button writer sometimes. He totally is. But, you know, yeah. I think that, that leaves it open to say, 
just what you said. Now you're going to get your Paul McGann thing. And now you want some old school. We're going to give you mm-hmm. some old school doctors and so on and so forth. And, you know, it was bound to happen someday if it you know kept going where they could recast, you know, now that we've had it, you know, twice with Hartnell. Um, why not? Why not keep going? And I think that's you could have multi-doctor stories with different actors playing the those incarnations, which again, I'm not against. I don't think that's a terrible idea. It just feels like it's a force if that's kind of where we're going. But I yeah, I, new, I, 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 I understand what you're saying there. Yeah, I, what, what's that? You do love the new what? I like the new opening titles. I like the, it feels like more of a tunnel effect, you know, the old school logo coming out and the, it, it feels slightly throwback to me, kind of like 70s yeah. almost, more of a time tunnel kind of. I like the new TARDIS. I like I like uh, God was luck. Um, yeah. The new Sonic screwdriver. I've had worse. Um, we got you know, worse. I might get used to it, but uh, it's definitely um, it looks like a piece of futuristic technology. And um, for the television, for the television to change for the change. television. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Or you know, I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I'm okay with it. Um, I'm going to watch know, it. They, they released that it. little music video and I was like, don't like that, but um, I'm still going to watch the damn thing. Which one? The dance floor one on the dance floor? The, the, uh, that, no, not that. The, the Goblin musical number. Oh, I didn't see this. <coughs> is there a Goblin musical number now? Yes, there is. Oh, now I got to look for it. It's very Harry Potter and it's like, mm. That's uh, but you know, uh, I'll, 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 I'll be there. Um, you I'll know, I, 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 it's everything I love and hate about um, Russell T. Davies, and there, there's uh, equal amounts sometimes. But um, I think we can both agree there. You cannot overstate what he did to bring that show back. Oh, most it, definitely, and that 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 it, definitely you know um, like that always definitely- pushes it over like the. The fifty percent for me is like now he yeah. you know a lot of this is on him and um, yeah. yeah Eccleston you know getting a, a name like that to be in to be, it, it legitimized it in a way that you know r- was ex- extremely positive for that thing when it when it landed um, and you know what else I just watched the first twenty minutes of Rose before I just decided to pass out um, and it, it's it, it it it's still not like it's it's not age super great but i gotta tell you uh billy piper sells it, it it's all done through her yeah, and that show she's incredible yeah. Her season yeah yeah, yeah. i i really i really noticed it last night it's like yeah you're she's she's your gateway and yeah. she did it amazingly you know yep. a great character and it was great the, my only hang up and this is a hang up with with him in general, because, I mean, I was watching something in the day that sort of was like launching, you know, it was a video. What well, your guy? The guy you like that does the videos on each of the doctors and was talking oh, about uh, Stan Fine. Yeah. That wilderness period where nothing happened. And then all of a sudden Eccleston and you get these these glimpses of the show Bible. And there's a line from Davis that's like, you know, if the doctors on the planet, if the if the Zogs from planet Zog have issues on their planet, who cares? You know, like. We're concerned about what's happening on Earth, basically. So <sighs> he, had this, he had this thing from early on that the companion was going to have a lot of screen time. We suddenly went yeah. into family life and their background. 
And, and that became overkill, I think, with all of the doctors, kind of, but mainly the first, you know, the first three new ones where we spent so much time with the marriage and then the, the other thing and then the, the, you know, Rose's mother and blah, 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 blah. And it gets overloaded, kind of. Um, but Rose was key to it. I, I totally agree that she, mm-hmm. she huge part of that, that thing working. She was wonderful in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I really got to give her that. And of course, you know. I don't want to go over what Eccleston said, but it just sounds like, you know, he's confirming what, you know, he, how do I put this? I've never seen Eccleston uh, fight with someone where I didn't think he was on the right side. Yeah, he, he, I think part of it too, beyond, we won't even talk about, you know, the, the, the names that he finally kind of has come around to to get vocal about. Yeah. He was upset with the network as well, with, with BBC as well, because they they put out a statement from him that he never said when that when that oh was, yeah he had agreed to say okay i'll tell you what i'm not gonna say anything i'm gonna champion this thing i'll be there for all the publicity let's 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 be on board with this and keep it a surprise but i'm leaving and then somebody leaked it and when they did they put a statement from him that was attributed to him that he never said and then i i don't know if they retracted it or how it kind of went but that that set him already, you know, on edge even more than he already was. Mm. And, you know, it all just kind of spiraled out of control. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he'll do loads of audio adventures and he's okay with that and doesn't think he'd come back. But I think after this past week or two, when he said that, that there's less chance of him ever coming back. But Oh, yeah. Now I don't see it ever happening. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's a yeah. shame. But, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, yeah. we'll also never get John Hurt back. So, uh, I know. oh, I know he was so. Oh, God, he was just wonderful. I, I love a lot of the show when it came back. Yeah. Um, what else? Any any other any sci fi things you've been watching? Any shows you've been watching? I don't know if you watch shows or mostly just movies. Mostly 30 Rock reruns right now. Um, OK, it's my annual rewatch every 30 rock which i just love um writing's really fast paced and uh i pick up little things when i watch it so but i mean that's just you know uh, i don't know if that falls into our realm but it's just it a well-written I've, sitcom i've been re-watching x-files i don't know what oh yeah michelle like those yeah you know what i'm gonna dip into some some x-files again because i missed that show and uh, so I, I've been doing that now and then. Fargo, the new Fargo uh, series that's always kind of mm-hmm. hit, but sometimes is, is very good. I think I said I mentioned the show before that's called 30 Coins. Kind of that a, sounds familiar. a horror type thing that's on HBO Max or now Max. That's about, you know, the, the church or the Vatican and something about getting the 30 coins that somebody was you know paid to betray Jesus or something. You know, whoever controls the 30 coins mm. control know the, the world kind of thing and it's got demons in it and it's done by um alex de la iglesia i think his name is he did a movie called uh day of the beast back in the mid 90s hmm. late 90s it was really good that's an interesting show and now it's got all of a sudden paul giamatti's in it out of out of yeah. no um stuff like that and then just um you know occasionally coming across a, a i really miss that's why I, I got really excited about things like doctor who where it's like i really miss a an X-Files type show. Oh, you know what? I'm going to recommend one. I got one. I got one. This was right. on Netflix. And I watched this and I just plowed right through it. It's called Bodies. It's on Netflix. It's a British series. 
And it starts in 2023 and um, a bit of a protest going on in London. And this detective comes around a corner to an alleyway where there's a, a naked uh, dead man on the ground, got a marking on his left arm. His left eye is missing, like he's been shot in the eye, but there's no bullet. And, um, and, then, and then all of a sudden the thing kind of rewinds and you're back in 1941. And a detective comes around the corner to the same alley and there's this naked male body, same man, markings on the arm and so on and so forth. And you do it in 1880, 1890, uh, 1941, 2023, and 2053. And you're following these four detectives in four different timelines trying to figure out what the hell is going on. It's really smart. It's it's one of those things that by the time you get to the end, it all kind of gets wrapped up. You don't know where it's going. And um, it was really well done. And the time, the time, the period detail of each of those was was great. But hmm. it's dumper as a, as a pitch. You just go, I have no idea what's what that's about. Yeah. Well, it's an original idea. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I just ate it up. It was it was great. Well, that's fantastic. Have you have you picked up anything lately? Uh, I picked up a couple of Criterion's. <laughs> oh yeah. When they had the sale, uh, a Kubrick, um, the Killing, the the Kubrick uh, film. It's like a double disc. It's got another film of his in there, and um, Double Indemnity, because that's one of my favorite uh, film noirs. Um, and just a couple, you know, like some Region Two stuff here and there that I just. Uh, Jumped on. Uh, uh, Rockford J very, very kindly sent um, the BBC, the BFI BBC uh, Christmas horror stories that they did over the years from like the late 60s to it's like a four disc set. And I'm going to oh. enjoy that. Uh, he was very kind, sent, sent me that uh, that gift. Um, and uh, so I'll probably watch that. Uh, I guess there's a holiday coming up. I haven't heard much about it. Um, and I have <laughs> uh, put on some of the old Godzillas. I kind of was in a Godzilla mood. So I uh, put a couple of those in. And um, you forget how little monstering there is in those. It's a yeah, lot there's of lots of plotting. Um, a lot of yeah, plotting, that's... a lot of walking around in leather jackets. But you just go, is he going to show up at some point in this? Is Godzilla going to? Yeah, it, it, and that's the thing I've always said about those movies. It's like it, the ground crew stories can make or break them. And um, my favorite is Mechagodzilla because I love the fights, but I also love the the weird Planet of the Apes ripoff story they're having as well. Now, that's in Mecha or, Re- or Return of Mechagodzilla? No, no, ter- it's in Mechagodzilla. Believe it or not, I do not like Terror of Mechagodzilla. Terror of Mechagodzilla, okay. I don't like that one as much. Uh, but, I, yeah, Mechagodzilla, Godzilla versus the, I guess it was called, like, the Bionic Monster. Um, uh, yeah, that that one is absolutely my favorite Godzilla film of all time. Because of Minus One and because of the next... Uh, See, I really dig the new ones. Like, I, I thought the first one, the, the Godzilla one, um, 2014 or whatever it was, I thought it was fine. But then when it was King of the Monsters and there were more monsters, like, yeah, loved Skull Island and really dug uh, Versus because it seemed to be dipping into the madness of the old movies where suddenly it's yeah. Earth and their spaceships and all that. I'm like, yeah. It's, it's like it sandbox, sandbox adventures. Yeah, fucking bring it yeah. on, you know. 
So I started looking at Netflix where they've got these animated films, kind of. It's like a like a CGI sort of. There's like two or three in the series. And oh, I, I never just, heard of them. I just didn't get very far in them because oh, again, yeah. you know, even if it's if it's animated, that should be more of a reason to show the damn monster. <laughs> yeah, they could be in every scene. It could be in every single scene. It's a cartoon for God's sake. Yeah, I know. They, 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 that's that is the real conundrum of a Godzilla movie. Yeah, I'm just I'm just hungry for for stuff like that. Although I did also watch about half of an animated series on Netflix called Blue Eye Samurai. That's uh, very good, very violent. Really? Uh, yeah. It's, it's anime, not, I take it. It's not though. It's it's it it it's like computer kind of animation but it's really clean it's really it almost looks like a graphic novel you know very slender figures and it's um it doesn't it doesn't move like anime it's something different um i recommend it it's a really good look to it right somebody did it somebody who is known for certain some animated series uh executive produced it i think and i can't think of okay so is it like the spider-verse type animation where it's kind of kind of but yeah. slow. It like it's like it's like you're watching a live action show, but it's taking its time. And then when the fighting kicks off, it gets more visceral. But it's not. Whereas the the Spider Verse ones, they're just like you don't get a chance to breathe, kind of. Right. Yeah. They 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 are like that. And have you ever watched Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix? Nope. I think you would dig that too, because it's it's uh, some of it's like heavy metal kind of animation, and some is computer and it's you know it's each one is like some are done uh, david fincher directed a couple and there's a bunch of big names involved with it but they've had like three seasons of it and each one is a standalone story so i recommend that too it's it's amazing what's on streaming that you've never heard of um yeah i heard john John oliver made a great joke apple tv where celebrities go to hide (laughs) (laughs) yeah you gotta you gotta dig for this stuff you know and yet, still, there are some times where I'll sit here for 45 minutes just hitting the button like, okay, give me something that's going to – and then finally come across something that, that I'm into, you know, or that I haven't seen or that looks interesting. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so a lot of that a lot of that jazz. Picked up any toys? Um, what, did I, what did I pick up? You know what I got? Um, I'm going to tell you what I got. I kind of couldn't help myself because there was like a um, a flash uh, kind of sale thing at, on uh, Amazon. Oh, yeah. I got the Playmobil uh, Knight Rider kit. <laughs> now, <laughs> I couldn't even tell you the last time I saw an episode of Knight Rider. Um, I, I didn't I didn't like hate it as when as a kid, but it was like, oh, there's the great theme, one of the best themes of all time. But it was like $24 or something. And it talks. The light lights up like the Cylon thing in, in front of the car. So, oh, yeah. That, that, was the, that was one of the high appeals of that show. Yeah. He's, yeah. Glenn Larson going, hey, let's use it again. It's a great, uh, it's a great sound. Stick it in this. Yeah. Um, so I got that. And it was fun because it talks to me because I'm lonely. That's and neat. it talks to yeah. me. And it says things in uh, William. Uh, what's his name? Daniels. Daniels. So it's almost like he's in he's in the house with me. Jason. Well, that's that's a welcome sight. Yeah. <laughs> unless unless you were on St. Elsewhere, then you wouldn't like that. One. Right. Then it would be a drag. But yeah, yeah that he was kind that, of a, kind of a douche on that show. 
that's about it. And a, and a, um, a Spider-Man figure, um, like the Marvel Legends type. There's one of um, Tom Holland. I don't care so much about the Tom Holland, but there's something about the paint app that just was like, this is like it came right out of a comic book. It's almost got like a metallic kind of old school blue and blue and red. Uh, and I, and I got that, um, that's about it really. Um, that's a, that's about it. I think not, not much. Oh, a couple of Indiana, of the Indiana Jones, um, figures. Cause, uh, I think those are really nice, but that's about it. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I managed something just before Christmas that I'm excited about and it's on its way. And that is the, um, <laughs> the the black hole magnetic maximilian figure oh wow yeah those so it's are like a micronaut like a baron carza yeah um yeah migo didn't migo only made those like famously in italy and what was um, the what was the company called not popey but what was the company Gig. 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 yeah yeah those are rare as space dust right i don't think they're rare in italy and you know, I, I have been the the little boy in the bakery window looking at them for years, but, you know, they're like, you know, 200 euros and then you need to pay, you know, whatever shipping and I don't know if you've ever bought anything from Italy, but that tracking number, it's it's just false hope. Um, and this one was in Canada, oh. just a loose, complete Maximilian. And I was like, yeah, um, yes, please. Especially for the price I got it. Um, it comes with a base, right? So for him to stand up. Am I wrong about that? It should. Yeah, I'm not sure if this one does actually when you think of it, but it is complete in terms of the figure. Okay. So, but I just, you know, I was just kind of like for that price, and you know, uh, it doesn't go through international. It's just going to come through Canada. That seemed like a really good idea, and yeah. uh, I'm glad I picked it up. I can't wait to get it. You know. I endorse that completely. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, uh, we don't, the wife and I aren't going to be doing anything uh, extravagant for each other. It's all about the kids um, just having a chill Christmas with family. And then Boxing Day, we, you know, um, uh, my wife wants to get the kids and their significant others together. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. Okay. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I'll be coming over. Okay. Oh, there'd be a chair for you, sir. Oh, excellent! I appreciate that. It would be a it would be a, a very large chair. And I'll never leave. Comfy, comfy chair. Yeah. And they're like, um, it's March. Hey, is your friend gonna leave at some point? <laughs> well, I know it depends on how you leave the kitchen. It seems that's, that's oh, I'm very, very I, I'm a great guest. I, I oh, I, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I it reminds I, me of that that episode of a Cheers where Cliff goes to live with Norm and he's just sorry. like, dude, it's the it's the kitchen and the bathroom and the I god, Vera, it's too clean. <laughs> <laughs> like Cliff was the opposite of what you thought. He was, you know, he's actually kind of just insane. Right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, maybe laugh. Well, that's uh, that's great. That's a that's a little something to put under your tree uh, for stuff that in your stocking. Wait, why did I say that? that? So me put that up your chimney. Uh, <laughs> there's there's we got one in under the under the uh, just under the under the, under the radar. Yeah, we just we shoved it under the door after close, dear Santa. Um, dear Santa. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think we could probably uh, get together soon for our best of. That's one of our better episodes. But I just want to yeah. say thanks to everybody for yeah. uh, supporting us. Uh, we just got a great report from Spotify that we grew by 70% this year, which is crazy and fun. And, and um, thanks for putting the word out. Thanks for joining the Pod Stallions group. Um, so now it, it's just been wonderful. 22 listeners now because of that? I think we're up to 27, and 27. I no longer count my aunt. Oh, that's great. Okay. Or my I'm, sister. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> sorry we lost them, but... Um, but yeah. Well, you know, they they have a high tolerance, but not that high a tolerance. Yeah, clearly we've worn out our welcome. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Um, more stuff to come in 24. Model kits, um, uh, onesies. We're gonna do Pod Stallion onesies and monocles, uh, monocles, some diorama yeah. model kits. And absolutely, uh, and of course, um, mustache wax. Yeah, mustache wax. Yeah. Our own brand. Our own brand. Yeah, which is. Uh, the same stuff that I put on my dog's paws. Yep, it works. For three times the price with a sticker of our faces on it. It works. So there you go. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful uh, Christmas and holidays and everything. And uh, be safe and uh, be good. Be good yes, absolutely. Uh, happy Christmas and, and uh, wonderful New Year and, and be good to each other. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Let's get on a fight. Let's get in a fight online. Yeah, now somebody tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Change my mind. <laughs> you know what? I just want to say there was a thing on Twitter the other day because this this is a this is all of social media. And this woman is from her POV, her porch. She opens the back door of the porch, and there's these little foxes. It's in it's in the UK, and there's these little urban foxes. There's like ten of them, and they're mm-hmm. all on the steps, and they're just staring at her. And you realize, oh, she throws them a little treat every morning. And it's like she gets, all right, all right, almost ready. Okay, here we go, ready? And she reaches in a little bucket or something, pulls out a little sausage roll, tosses it. First little fox, boop, grabs it, runs off. Next one, boop, grabs it. None of the foxes are fighting. None of them are, like, jockeying for position. They're waiting their turn. And she's tossing them each a little thing. And it's the most adorable thing you've ever seen. And then they kind of tiptoe down the thing and go off into the forest. And she's, okay, bye, everybody. See you tomorrow. Bye. And, I, and like the first three comments were like, oh, my God, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. By comment five, it was like, um, just want to let you know that you basically killed them all because now they're going to think they can go up to any house and get a treat. And I know it's cute to do it, but then the guy that posted it wrote, you know what, dude, next time you're thinking of writing something, like this, just move on. Just don't don't bother dropping your poison <laughs> into this. Yeah this wonderful little video of little foxes getting sausage rolls which is bizarre and funny that is the that is the internet that is social media right there. I, I think it's a great there's a great line someone told me once and I, i'm stealing this and paraphrasing it but it's anyone who says i hate to be that guy is full of crap they, <laughs> they love to be that guy they do they do i don't know what it does for him but that guy just couldn't take it he could not take why would you do Dude. this I mean, I have a YouTube channel and and, I mean, most of the comments are pretty good. Sometimes people are just like negative, but it's not it's not pointed at me or anyone. So who cares? Like it's pointing. Take that, Hasbro. It's fine. You know, I'm not I'm not going to defend Hasbro. (laughs) But um, one of the things I do get is like 
I did a video on Starsky and Hutch years ago. I think you narrated it. So that you're in on this. Oh, okay. And um, I, in my script, wrote uh, Hutch's name was John when it was Ken. I just got my wires. <gasps> what? I have deleted comments that are like, okay, slow down. <laughs> like, his name was Ken, you big moron. What did you what fucking do? And it's like, Jesus Murphy, what bad day did you have? <laughs> like you would do this, you know? Um, it really, it really is like it gets to the point where you're like, I can't even relate to the vitriol in this, you know? Um, I don't know who it's for. I, I don't yeah. know. What, I don't know what it's for. I mean, do you think that someone's going to see the thing and go, yeah, you nice job, Johnny, Johnny two, four, six, eight, or whatever your name is, you know, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, thanks for reminding us about the not feeding the fox. Like just, I, I don't know who it's for or why the need, but it's, it's like, for them. A, it's, it's for a, them. It's a compulsion. It's like a compulsion yeah. that they just can't. Oh, can't, I mean that little goblin lives in me too. Uh, and and I I have to stop you know myself what? You know what, time. I, I, it doesn't live in me. It literally does not live in me. I saw Reese Shearsmith who left Twitter like eight months ago and said, I can't take these people. I cannot take it. If you want to have a laugh on YouTube, look up Reese Shearsmith being sure. enraged. I, I'm not Reece- trying to say I'm I'm going to judge people. I'm saying that I sometimes want to correct people. No no and no, 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 no. Yeah. Having it in your yeah. head. Go, yeah, that's no. But you and I would never go, um, actually. You, oh, I just, yeah, no, no, no. You do that. In your head, you're yeah. going, that's not quite right. But I would, I've never felt the compulsion to go on there and correct somebody. And Reese Shearsmith left Twitter, and then he just came back a couple days ago, literally for the holidays and to announce we're almost done with, with the final season, season nine of Inside Number Nine. Here's the first image. Uh, more to come. And, here, and here's an article listing the talent that we've got in this season, the act, the guest actors are going to be in it. And I swear to God, the third comment down was, Oh, great. New scenes coming. <sighs> kind of underwhelmed by the guests you're getting for this. Part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. look on YouTube, Reese Shearsmith uh, being enraged for five minutes. He's being interviewed on stage and he talks about people on, on Twitter and how they criticize the show. And he just, he can't help but like get angry about it. and it's hilarious it's absolutely hilarious yeah but, anger is, you know, they, is something i don't know I why. just don't have for this kind of stuff no who cares yeah good lord anyway that's your that's put that in your stockings and hope you all learn <laughs> <laughs> don't be a shit happy holidays everybody happy holidays, and everybody. uh we'll talk to you real real soon cheers <laughs>